What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the USC State of the Union podcast. My name is Brian Vosper. I am the host. This is going to be episode 45. In this episode, we are going to recap UFC Singapore. This was uh, Korean Zombie versus Max Holloway. Um, in addition, I'm going to go into some kind of some stuff. A lot of stuff's been actually happening, you know, MMA Twitter, just stuff being announced. Um, you know, Paul Felder after the, um, you know, the TKZ or Korean zombie, you know, kind of the, the retirement. Um, I think they did that beautifully for, you know, uh, just, just for someone that just everyone loves Korean zombie. Um, just the retirement, they blasted his song and stuff and just the vibes there, just watching that, you know, I think, I think most people in that situation, you know, Max Holloway and Korean Zombie both love those fighters. I don't like those are two fighters that like there's no one that hates either of those guys. And so it sucks one of them had to lose. Um but yeah, it was um I, I loved how they they ended that and the and so what um Paul Felder kind of tweeted out even he would, you know, with the vibes that were kind of there, he's like, "Hey man, this makes me want to jump back in the cage." I think that's what he basically along the lines of what he tweeted. So talk about that, maybe a matchup you can do there. Dana White's contender series uh yesterday um uh, had some good fights. Um and then, you know, Dana right afterwards kind of went, you know, um little scorched earth on Marab being honest, but I think it is justified. So I'll give my opinions there. And then, you know, he also revealed, you know, it seemed like the McGregor, um, McGregor made a post, you know, kind of saying it was on UFC fight pass, um, a leak on the website, um, how McGregor Chandler is going to happen end of year. He kind of, it seemed like he shot that down, but at the, and said it was AI, uh, from his team, so it seemed fake. But at the same time, let's be honest, that is the fight they want end of year. If you can do McGregor Chandler, you can put O'Malley Cheeto 2 on that. Uh, I, t- I want to say I talked about this in my last episode too. You can even put Ian, Ian Gary's probably going to want to be on that. Um, Ian Gary Wonderboard. So you can just, you, you already know where that's going. It would be an insanely stacked card end of year if they can get that done. So yeah, I'll start from the top. Let's go from like the bottom up through the um the TKZ card. You know, some fights that I thought were really cool or I caught highlights if I'm being honest. I kind of pulled pulled full casual mode here. I kind of did not wake up at <laughs> I did not stay up pull the all-nighter go from 3 a.m to um, yeah whenever it started i want to say it started at like 2 or 3 a.m so um call me a casual there but yeah so let's see here let's start from the i did catch most of the you know the highlights though and so you know you got Goff landing that one body shot on Kinoshita. this guy's looking good uh, gonna be a good good prospect to keep your eye out on you know Aldrich got the um KO there as well um got you know Enjukwani versus Olin Jacek that fight you know I think most people you know that fight most knew <laughs> This is not going the distance. Um, wild first round. That was crazy. I think one of the the biggest highlights, though, you're going to have from Cortez Acosta versus Brzezinski. Um, Oh, my goodness. Uh, good thing that didn't end like, I, I don't know, it didn't, didn't end in like a catastrophic injury or something because, man, 
I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of on the side. Like, maybe the ref, ref should have just stopped it. He was beyond wobbled, turned the other way, walking away, like all crazy stumbled, takes another, you know, haymaker, and then he falls and almost lands on his neck. And you got to think, these are heavyweights, man. So that could have been insanely bad. And I don't think, you know, if he had stopped it before that that shot landed, I don't think anyone would have been like ultra mad because basically what you would have saw seen on the highlight reel is like he gets hit by that one shot and then he's like got the just crazy drunken sailor walk. And so I don't think anyone would have been like, oh, terrible stoppage. It's like, nah, he's like, well, he doesn't know where he's at. So I don't think that was bad. Tafa versus Porter got another KO there. And then um, I started kind of right around there, if I'm being honest. I, I got in right at the, basically at the main card. And so I saw the highlights for most of the, the rest. Um, and so Blanchfield versus Santos. Um, this fight, from what I, I, I need to watch it back again. But, you know... One thing that was interesting is Blanchfield shot 0 for 14 on takedowns. And from what a lot of the critiques on, you know, MMA Twitter were saying, like, you know, how do you shoot 0 for 14 and still get the win? And so that is a little, um, you know, uh, maybe a little concerning for for Blanchfield, you know, because, you know, she's probably getting a title shot now um, fighting the winner of Grosso versus... um, versus Shevchenko, she's probably going to get that. The thing is, you know, if Blanchfield, her take, now everyone knows, like, you can stop her takedown. She went over 14 there against Tyler Santos. That's not downplaying Tyler Santos' ground game. That's Tyler Santos' ground game is super good. But, um, or in her takedown defense. And so, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be something that, you know, to note, um, what happens, you know, in a five rounder against Blanchfield, if, if you're able to neutralize her takedowns, would she eventually slow down? If she goes against an even better striker, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I th- it, that was kind of a little revealing in my opinion. Um, then we got, you know, Garcia versus Nakamura. Um, I think um, this fight, this fight was actually pretty crazy. The Nakamura almost got the, um, the submission few times i think i remember seeing maddie betts i want to say had like some i think it was like round two but i don't know if it was a straight round pick or um it was by submission he barely missed out on it It was like oh it was something ridiculous he would have got the payout so it was brutal garcia didn't tap caceres versus chikadze um chikadze on the mic afterwards you know very calm at first almost seems like he's maybe gonna do like a retirement speech then goes freaking crazy <laughs> and basically um goes full like Kamza on the mic essentially how he's back and so it's gonna be interesting to see you know who you want to give um Chikadze next the only thing you know if I were watching that fight back uh, th- this is the one thing about Giga's record that a lot of people don't point out, you know, because we focus so much on his striking. But if you look at his record, all of his losses are when someone scores a takedown. If you, so, and then all, but there are some fights where people score takedowns, 
but they're insanely close if they score a takedown. So it goes to like a split decision or something like, or just very, they're very close. They barely go his way. So what that tells me when you look at Giga's record and all his wins, most of them, like over 90% of his wins, the fighters don't shoot a, they don't score a takedown. So what that tells me when you score a takedown on Giga, your your odds of either making it a very close fight or getting the dub go up like exponentially, which in my opinion, that is actually what, you know, Cater's team exploited very well. If you go back and watch the Cater fight, they shot a takedown like super early. And Cater's not, you know, normally not one of those guys that's going to go, you know, wrestle. He's, he's known for his striking as well. But they probably saw that, you know, he does have a weak point in wrestling. Even if we want to throw a takedown, you know, just to, you know, to mix it up and basically get him worrying about that so he's not going to be able to fire off those giga kicks as much because he's going to be nervous about getting taken down, it 100% changes the fight and his style going forward. And so that's one thing Calvin Cater, like, when they saw there was an opening for a takedown, if you watch that fight back, like Cater like ran for that takedown to get it. Um, there was a lot of urgency because even if you don't do a crap ton with it, back of Giga's head now going forward, he knows like if I start spamming kicks, um, the takedown is going to be easier for them to get. And that's like Giga's one of Giga's main weapons, um, Giga Chikadze's main, main weapons. So, that's one critique I have for Caceres. I thought, like, after round one, like, you know, I think he needs to shoot a takedown, man. Like, dude, you got to get this guy. You probably have the ground advantage, and he didn't shoot any takedowns. It was still an awesome fight, but it's like, yeah, man, that, that was one of the things I, I, I think Caceres should have done just to even mix it up because Giga's ground game isn't the greatest. I feel like if he goes against, you know, Cater was able to get the takedowns, but if he goes against, you know, a Brian Ortega or one of these guys that, you know, they're going to be more dangerous on the ground, like looking for finishes, I think like that's that's how you beat Giga. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting. He didn't really shoot any takedowns. What do you have next? I think you're going to probably go maybe maybe a top 10 for Giga next, though. And so I don't I, I was like hard on critiquing before because he was one of those fighters that does this and i'm going to get into this with brendan allen where um, i want to say i've mentioned this in the past but giga for example he lost to calvin cater who was ranked like number six at the time either number six or number five and then what ends up happening is Giga has this huge layoff but then during that when he's asking for another fight he's calling for guys like all ahead of cater so he's calling for you know he was he was calling for max holloway he was calling for you know he was calling for Korean zombie, all these guys that are in the top five. And he was using that strategy where it's like, try to get people to forget about that loss. And then you're calling for people that are way ahead, that are ahead of that person. So it's like, dude, you can't do that. If you got, especially if when it was that much of a beat down, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> so you're going to probably have to defend your spot, especially if you're being inactive. And so, but I think Giga is fit. He's probably going to get, um, you know, a top 10 here. Um, you know, I'm going to, I kind of want to glance at the rankings real quick because, you know, let's see what fights we can maybe go with. One I was going to say, I think, I want to say Bryce Mitchell versus um, 
versus Ige got announced a little bit ago. Bryson Mitchell, Mitchell was one of the names that, you know, I thought versus Giga could be interesting. Um, you know, this actually, I think, makes perfect sense. Giga versus Movsar. I think that's the fight you do. That would actually be a good one to do. Um, point being, um, Movsar, you know, had his super close fight with Diego, Diego Lopez, who everyone loves now. Um, but I think... That fight, they're both right next in the rankings. Eight versus nine. Um, perfect one to do. Go with that. Um, then, you know, let's see. We go into the co-main event. You know, Anthony Smith doing what Anthony Smith does after this fight. So I honestly thought Span won this fight. I don't think Smith should have gotten the nod. Um, I, th- I thought it was 2-1 Span, but Smith got the nod. And then one critique that I have is afterwards, you know, Smith goes with basically talking about how Alex Pereira is a normal fighter and just kind of doing what he usually does, downplaying other fighters, basically saying there's nothing special about that guy and whatnot. Um, it's like, dude, you got to stop this, man. Like everyone's pointing it out with Anthony Smith, how he does this. And it's it's really weird. Um even when he, it's like, I don't know what it's going to take. If someone's like, absolutely is going to starch him, then he's going to be like, okay, that guy was decent. <laughs> but it's like, dude, you do that after every fight. And it's like, people are pointing it out. And it's just, it's just weird. And so, yeah, Anthony Smith, and then he was basically then kind of doubles down afterwards. Cause you know, Alex Pereira addresses it. And he's like, I just think this guy's kind of miserable a little bit. He just he says everyone's normal and whatnot, and nothing special about people. Um, and so then Anthony Smith basically says, like, oh, if you want a rivalry, I got one. It's like, dude, you're <laughs> whenever you fight way up in the rankings, you get smoked, let's be honest here. And then you downplay all these fighters. So it's like you shouldn't be saying that, yeah, it's like he's good, but I don't know. It just kind of bugs me a little bit. Anthony Smith does that. What you know? I think a fight that maybe makes sense. And Anthony Smith's kind of in an interesting spot because he does have losses to a lot of these top guys. I think um, you know one fight. You know, maybe you can do. Um, you know, I think it would be interesting actually if you did Khalil Roundtree versus Anthony Smith. That actually could be an interesting one. Um, you know, because you got Khalil Roundtree on this this really good streak. Um, he's got the basically that this resurgence going. He's on a he's on a he's on a three fight win streak right now. Um, I think I think the Pracneo fight. I'm going off memory here, but I want to say a lot of people thought he won that. Um, you know, Johnny Walker has the win over Roundtree, but you know, Anthony Smith versus Roundtree that might be a good one. I think I'm going with that one. Let's do it. And so, going into the co-main event, Holloway versus Korean Zombie. Um, you know that was one of those situations. Both just you know trading. It was uh, and then Holloway now has that one punch knockout power. <laughs> and so, oh man! But both of them just traded. Um, Holloway, you know, landed a little quicker. Got that one shot KO. Brutal. But you know, I think just. Korean Zombie, just go for broke. I think he knew, you know, if I keep staying on the outside or keep, you know, if I don't make this like a dirty fight, he's just going to like kind of just keep piecing me up. Holloway even scored a knockdown earlier. So he was like, you know, I'm just going to go for broke. 
and just try and see if I can land a bomb, and he got caught. And so what do I think next for Max Holloway? You know, I think even Dana <laughs> addressed this, you know, I'm not too excited either about even mentioning, you know, some sort of Volk rematch. But one thing you can do here, and this is my opinion on what's next for Max Holloway, you wait for the outcome of Islam Oliveira. And if Makachev wins, I think signs are kind of pointing Max Holloway to 155, and then you could do Oliveira Max 2. That's what I would do um, based on the outcome of that fight. Um, You know, if Oliveira does have a, I mean, let's say, depending on what happens, you know, let's say, I don't know, because if Makachev beats Oliveira, he he might not make an ultra quick turnaround, but um, you know, who knows? Oliveira is insanely active, but that imagine you put that on an end of year card, and so that could be interesting. But um, if Oliveira wins, though, I doubt you know Max is gonna get the <laughs> yeah no not title shot, but um, because you're gonna go the one fifty fivers. But there's also options you can do. You know, you can go if you wanted to do. Poirier Max too. Max Poirier is looking for another fight. Um, you can go Gaethje Max for like maybe the BMF belt or something. I don't know. There's a lot of options that you could do, and so it's gonna be interesting. But I think my what I would do is yeah, wait for the outcome of Makachev Oliveira, and if Oliveira loses. And um, that's the fight you do. Oliveira, Max 2 at 155. Um, what's next for, you know, I mentioned Paul Felder. What's a fight that makes sense? You know, because he was like saying, you know, I would like to come back after that TKZ fight. I think one fight that does make sense and that could get him back in the mix. Rematch Dan Hooker versus Paul Felder and do it at UFC Philadelphia. For the longest time, you know, Felder's wanted a card at Philadelphia in Philadelphia where he's from. Um, and so you can get Joe Pfeiffer, you can get Sean Brady on that card, you can get you can do a pretty cool Philly card um go in there. And so that's in my opinion, that's what I would do, you know. Paul Felder comes out of retirement, at least for one, and that that could be a good fight night. You know, I think I think Dan Hooker, I think Dan Hooker lost the first one, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, Paul Felder, Dan Hooker too makes sense. Um, Dana White's contender series last night. Um, you got three contracts that were handed out. You got Balaji, Peterson, and Prades. Um, yeah, these three guys had you know all finishes. Balaji got the the um the upset with the body shots. Dang, that one was that one was awesome. Peterson gets the key lock submission. Um and then you had Protes just um fights with um the fighting nerds um with Calbarallo and all those guys and yeah, that kid looked really good. His striking was crisp. So it's gonna be exciting seeing um, these guys going in. Um, Tulio, you know, went against um, the uh, the fighter that. Gosh, I'm, you know, going a little brain dead here, just forgetting his name. Yusri uh, uh, Balajeroy. I probably just butchered that. Let's be honest here. Um, was um, one of Alex Pereira's training partners. They, he fought Izzy, fought Alex in kickboxing. 
And, you know, I think what they're trying to do here, if he had some sort of highlight reel KO, you know, they're trying to bring more strikers into that 185 division. Because I think you got to, in my opinion, 185, you got to, it's pretty, getting a little polarized in some situations. You got heavy grapplers, heavy strikers. Um, it's going to be interesting, you know, that division kind of going forward. Um, but I've been saying it for the longest time, 185, I think over he- the next year or two, we're going to see the depth of that division just continue to skyrocket. I think it's going to get way trickier, that division, because they're trying to find, you know, find the sharks for for Izzy because they they want to find him more, more opponents. And so I think that's what they're doing here. Um you know, one fight night that was announced, Paul Craig versus Brendan Allen. And this is what I mentioned. Brendan Allen did the same exact thing as Giga. You know, Brendan Allen, his last one was Bruno Silva. He's on a five-fight win streak. I think four of them are unranked. Um, Mooney's was ranked when they fought, so that's why he's ranked a little higher. But, um, but yeah, this is the situation. His last win was unranked Bruno Silva. He wins, and then... They offer him Roman Delice a few months later, who was actually above him in the rankings. This fight in the past they tried to book. Um, now it makes more sense because it's like Roman Delice was ranked number nine. Um, Brandon Allen turned it down because he's like, I want to wait for the outcome of Whitaker Duplessis. I think I deserve to fight Whitaker or Duplessis. Um, and then he also even is was even rallying for a title shot. Like it's like, dude, okay. You got to think. Sean Strickland KO'd Brendan Allen. Chris Curtis KO'd Brendan Allen. Goes on a streak of mainly unranked guys. And now is calling for guys in the top five or a number one contender fight ahead of Chris Curtis and Sean Strickland. Same exact thing. It's like you get like absolutely annihilated. And then you call for guys like way ahead of those guys. It's like, dude, that doesn't even make sense. And in my opinion, it's a bad look. And I think the UFC did the right thing here where now they're like, okay, we're going to do Paul Craig versus you. Where I don't think – let me pull up the, the middleweight rankings. I don't even think Paul Craig is ranked in the top 15 right now. You know, But he has the history where he has a lot of good wins, even over Jamal Hill, over Ankalaev. Um Yeah, okay, never mind. He is ranked. He's at number 13 though. But if you think about this – you know, Brendan Allen shot himself in the foot a little here because had he just accepted Roman Delice, Roman Delice is um, tied in the seven slot. Um, and now he's fighting backwards. Paul Craig's at 13. So, I mean, Brendan Allen kind of screwed himself a little bit there by calling for like top fives, turning down Roman Delice because he thought he deserved a top five or a number one contender fight. And now he's fighting backwards. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, but in my opinion, this fight makes a lot more sense rankings-wise. And so I think Paul Craig is actually going to win this. That's my opinion, but we'll see what happens. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to go into, you know, so there was the – I think this is still going to happen, McGregor versus um, McGregor versus Chandler end of year. You're going to have O'Malley, Cheeto 2 on that card. Um, yeah, I think that's just going to be a stacked end of year card. I think even if it was fake, that announcement, that is what the UFC wants to do with what McGregor tweeted. Um, you know, and then Dana went scorched earth on Marab last night after Dana White's contender series. Um, and I think this was totally granted. 
um, to, warranted because, you know, I really think one of these guys does need to change weight classes. And what I mean by that is, you know, Marab is in like the number one, number one slot at Bantamweight. Um, but what happens is let's say they do book the rematch, Sean O'Malley versus Sterling. Let's say Sterling wins that. What does Marab do now? Does he just gatekeep for Aljo? Because he's already voiced how he's not going to fight Aljo unless if it's for like, I, I, don't, I don't even think he would fight him even for a ridiculous amount of money. And so at least from what he's voiced. Um, so that there's that. Then also, let's say they did book Sean O'Malley versus Marab. Let's say Marab wins. What are you going to have happen? Is Aljamain Sterling just going to, you know, is he just going to gatekeep for Marab? So I really think, you know, what Dana said, like, you know, we want to figure figure out who the best fighter in the world is. You know, if you don't want to fight, this is not the place for you. I think that was, you know, a good thing to say because in their current situation, they're both at the top right now. They have to decide who's changing weight classes or maybe we are going to have to fight. And so that's the thing that's just so weird um about why like it's like who knows like what's gonna happen here but i think sterling maybe he's gonna change weight classes but who knows i mean i think it sounds like he wants that rematch and so marab needs to decide what he wants to do um and so yeah now we're gonna go into <laughs> there was a i i need to watch the full interview but bradley martin had <laughs> an interview with them and ooh, got a little i saw some clips it got a little spicy um so have to watch that and then, you know, I'm going to give my predictions for this uh, Spivak versus Gone card this weekend. So let me pull it up. Pull up the card. Ah. Jeez. Harder to track down. There we go. I was like, why isn't the the UFC's page popping up? It just has it right there. All right. So, you know, let's start from, you know, this is going to be one of those cards. I'm pretty sure they're going to have some some good prospects on here. So, um, Bashara versus Rodriguez. Oh, man. Bashara coming in at a minus 325 versus, um, versus Rodriguez. That's going to be a good one. I think that one's going to end in a finish. Um Josh Jocelyn Edwards versus Nora Cornolet. Um I that's making her debut. So I'm not sure. We'll see what happens there. Then we got um I actually saw this the other day. Um it was um I think Calvin Lawfren. I think he's making his debut. He's undefeated from Ireland. So trying to get another Ireland star here, but he also is a he also is um the underdog here versus um I'm I'm almost like a little unconfident though because there was that one time on the the UFC's website where like the odds were off because they were swapped the wrong way. So versus Taylor um, Lapalus eleven and two, yeah, that's gonna be an interesting one. See what happens. Um, it's always funny on the UFC's website how like some fighters don't have the pictures and you have like the UFC like create a fighter thing almost from like the video game. 
Oh, we got Volkan Uzdemir coming back versus Bogdan Guskov. Man, I feel like Volkan always gets kind of the <laughs> tough situation, though. This guy doesn't have a picture or anything, but something tells me 14 and 2. This guy's probably like some freaking annihilator. And they always give them Vulcan news to mirror. It's like, oh my gosh. Hopefully, so looks like they're trying to skyrocket this guy into the rankings too, because Vulcan's at number nine. This guy's unranked, making his debut. Benoit Saint Denis fighting against Tiago Moises. That's a good one. And then going into the co-main in the main event, Manon Fior versus Rose Namajunas. Rose moving up in weight, and she's the underdog here. I think, um, based off how, you know, I think, I think Manon still is very underrated. I think she's going to get it done here. Um, but it's going to be interesting seeing, uh, Rose fight in a new weight class. Um, Sirogon versus Spivak. I think Sirogon is going to get a KO here. I think that's what's going to happen. I think his footwork, he's going to, he's been working probably hardcore on his, um, takedown defense since John Jones. John Jones, obviously, is a different level of a crown game when he gets you there. But I think Cyril Gaon is going to really play it, keep it to the center of the octagon. I think he's going to land something on Spivak. Um, that's my opinion. I think he's going to get it done here. And so those are kind of my predictions, guys, um, for that card. Hope you liked the episode. Again, um, if you want to give me any feedback, feel free to shoot me an email, union at gmail.com. If you want to, you know, hit a TikTok page, message me there, whatever, if you have, or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, any feedback helps me out. Um, But yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. Hope you're having a great day. See ya.